Welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. I'm Jay Simmons and I'm here with my co-host Matt Winnitoy. Matt, how are you doing this week? Doing well, doing well. How are you, Jay? I'm doing good. Not liking the cold weather, but uh, I guess that's the price to pay to live in Canada. I know. I haven't stepped outside in, in almost two days now. There's about a, a foot and a half of snow outside, so I've been just hunkered down in. Yeah, I don't wander too far most days. Uh, how are you feeling from the fame the pod is getting in the media? Oh, yeah. We're making the rounds, TSN, ESPN, everything at this point. But uh, no, um, it's been awesome. Thank you to all our listeners for the support. It's been uh it's been great doing this. We've had a lot of fun, you know, talking to talking to some cool guests and, and getting a lot of great feedback from you guys. So looking forward to, you know, keep pumping these out every week and uh, see where it takes us, AJ. Eh, Definitely. Uh, we can't thank everyone enough for taking the time to, you know, listen. And uh, we hope you're enjoying it so far. Uh, we did our first Instagram giveaway this week, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, if you're not following us there, go check it out at standingroomonly underscore pod. Uh, but Matt, let's talk hockey. Uh, did you get a chance to watch the Lake Tahoe game last night? Yeah, well, I guess even going back to the first one, I watched the first period of the Avs. Who are they playing? Avs versus Vegas. And, you know, I don't know who in the NHL decided to schedule that game at noon in California, but it was pretty funny watching those guys. There's chunks of the ice coming out. They're slipping and falling all over the place. And having to delay that to, I think it was midnight Eastern our time, 9 p.m. their time, but... It was pretty funny. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't think some, everyone at the NHL thought that one through all the way. Um, but, you know, it's good to see that they're trying to do something. Um, I, I liked the game last night, the Boston-Philly game. Um, really cool venue and, and kind of a cool scene behind. Did you get a chance to watch that one? Yeah, that was awesome. There's a lot more goals scored than I originally thought. You know, I thought the outdoor game, people would be take a little time to get adjusted to the new ice and um, the new conditions, obviously. But yeah, um, Boston looked great last night. They lit up Carter Hart and it would be awesome if they, you know, the NHL continues this type of format. I know they have the Winter Classic, but my first thought being as a Canadian, if they could bring this up to Lake Louise in Alberta next year, that would be incredible. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, I, I think they were saying last night, too, that it was the highest scoring outdoor game to date. Um, so uh, it's cool to see Pasternak with the hat trick there. Um, speaking of goal scorers, how about Austin Matthews? Talk a little bit about what he's been doing lately and uh, give your thoughts on it. Oh, man, it, he's been incredible lately. I, uh, I unfortunately missed the second period of the uh, Saturday night game against the Habs. And, of course, he gets four points in a period. He looks unstoppable right now and um you know the broadcasters throughout the game were were making the argument that you know Matthews could be one of if not the best player in the league already and then sure enough McDavid right after I think goes out and gets a hat trick himself so what do what are your thoughts on these two do you think they've established themselves as as kind of the top two guys in the league now or oh definitely I think I honestly think they're a little bit of a Crosby Ovechkin duo with their era I think that might be ours Matthews and McDavid um, it's interesting, too, because they, they train together in the offseason now. So, um, you know, maybe training with great players makes you even greater. I don't know. But they're both doing some pretty special stuff. I think I saw a stat yesterday that said, you know, McDavid's on pace for 106 points this season. And Matthews is on pace for 56 goals. And it's, you know, or 50 goals or something like that. And it's a it's a 56-game season. So that's pretty crazy. Those stats would have been good in an 82-game season. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a different level than we've really seen um 
in the, you know Matthews is kind of setting the start of a career to you know rival that of Ovechkin. I, I mean it's going to be hard. Ovechkin scored at, at a a pace for so long and sustained it, but you know Matthews is looking like he could put up sixty any given year. So exactly, he's really rewriting the script. You know, you you hear a lot of the arguments, especially when you look at the past the legends. You know, like Wayne Gretzky, Gordy Howe, those guys, and how many points they put up and. The argument today is like, you know, defensemen are getting bigger, goalies are getting bigger, it's a faster game, but you see these two out there, and they're still, you know, over a point per game. Matthews is on pace, as you said, 60 goals in 56 games. That's wild in whatever era of the NHL, let alone today's game. So, yeah, I agree. They're the new Crosby and Ovechkin. Um, It's crazy they're only 23 years old, and I think we're going to be comparing the two of them for the, the whole duration of their careers moving forward. Yeah, and it's fun, you know, both in Canada and big markets of Edmonton and Toronto and, and kind of the face of those franchises. Um, and then, you know, you add Marner and Dreisaitl to the mix there, and that's going to be – those two teams are going to be going at it for years to come, you know, if they can hold on to all their players. Um, but let's move over a little bit to another Canadian team, uh, Winnipeg and Pierre-Luc Dubois. So he got traded for Patrick Laine, you know, was that three, four weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, and he's looking really good. Uh, what have you thought about that move, him going to Winnipeg and Laine going to Columbus? Yeah, I watched the game last night against the Canucks, and he looked incredible. It helps he's playing with Shifley and Wheeler on the first line and getting a ton of ice, but you can tell he, he just looks rejuvenated. He was done with Columbus. Him and Torts obviously didn't see eye to eye, and um, you know, that was pretty clear when he was getting benched and, and didn't really look to, to be trying all that hard, to be honest. But uh, he looks like he's had a bit of a resurgence in Winnipeg early on. And it's it's so exciting. He's, you know, 22, 23 years old. Winnipeg's got a lot of great forwards that uh, they can pair him up with. And, you know, we talk a lot about the North Division. This is just, I think, making the Jets, you know, another comp- another competitor for the top. Um what do you think of Dubois' first couple games with the Jets, and do you think he'll be able to, you know, continue this success moving forward this year? Yeah, well, I, first I want to say, you know, I'm pretty sure in my hot takes I I put Winnipeg as my dark horse to come out of the yeah, North. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll see. They're looking pretty good, but yeah, um, I, I I agree. I don't think Columbus was the right fit for him. Obviously, he uh, didn't want to be there, and and that's never a good situation. Um, I think coming back to Canada probably helped him too, as he's from here. Um, and, and, you know, Winnipeg, you know, like we might get to later in this episode with our guest, I don't want to give too much away, but Winnipeg, the atmosphere there is, uh, is, is amazing. So, um, it's nice to see him doing well. And, and I think they're going to be set up in the center position for, for years to come. So, um, but yeah, after, you know, I think we're what, I think we're almost halfway through this, this NHL season or supposed to, but you know, with all the postponed games that might change, but halfway or, or just before that. Uh, any teams sticking out to you that have surprised you or, or that you're kind of shocked to see where they are in the standings? Yeah, there, there is one that stuck out, and, you know, I'll be the first to say I kind of wrote them off early on, and it's the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, they're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. I think they're third in the Central Division, which is stacked division overall, you know, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay. Um, but they look awesome, you know. The first couple games of the year, they were getting blown out by, you know, their division opponents, and... Patrick Kane being there is a, is a huge help. They have a bunch of young guys, you know, Alex Debrinkat, that uh, that Russian kid, Dominique Kubelik. I don't know if I said that right, but yeah, they have a lot of good, young, promising pieces, and um, they seem to, be, seem to be playing well as a team. What are your thoughts on them, Jay? 
Yeah, I mean, not to mention, too, they have, you know, their captain, Taves, and uh, Strom are both out right now, too. So once they get that them back in the lineup, it just it adds even more talent uh, to their forwards. But um, I think at the beginning of the year, you know, they were just having goaltending trouble. Um, they, they couldn't really nail down who was their starter. But uh, a young guy, Kevin Lankinen, actually uh, has kind of taken that role, and he's doing really well. I give him a little bit of a shout out because I have him in fantasy and, you know, my brother's going to like this, but uh, I, I've been kept saying to him, Lankin in for Vesna. So um, that, that's what I'm hoping. I don't know if he'll be able to keep it up, but I think he has like a 930 save percentage or something like that. So uh, it's nice to see him doing really well there. I've always been a Chicago fan. It's it's fun to watch them. You know, they're so successful for so long. So seeing them still in the hunt and who knows, maybe they squeak in the playoffs and make some noise. Anything's anything's possible when you got Kane and Taves and Keith and that core on your team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's um, really interesting to me too is uh, the resurgence of uh, Duncan Keith. Um, I think he's playing like 25 minutes. The guy's like 40-something years old. So uh, it, it's nice to see, and he's actually doing pretty well. It's, I mean, he's obviously a good presence on that blue line. So Yeah, and then uh, moving to other news in the NHL, Nico Heischer, New Jersey Devils. He was just recently named captain um, this past weekend. He's the youngest captain in the NHL right now, currently at 22 years old. What are your thoughts on that move? Yeah, I'm – I mean, I'm not surprised they named him captain. I, I'm a little surprised they named it to him right now. Uh, he's actually been out, I think, all year with a injury or COVID or a bit of both. Um, and just first game back, they announced that he's the captain. So pretty special for him. Uh, watched, I watched that game. Not much happened. But, you know, first game back and first game as captain, he's probably got quite the emotional high. So, No, for sure. It's funny, though. It's like, uh, you know, the Devils are building a, a really solid foundation of youth. You know, you think about Heesher, you think about Jack Hughes, and it kind of reminds me a lot of, of what the Leafs did, you know, drafting Matthews, then Marner in back-to-back years, and, and not really naming any of them captains, but uh, they seem pretty dead set on making Heesher the, the leader in the locker room. So it'll be exciting to watch him. He's a really, he's a really um, you know, exhilarating player. And he can he can score every time he gets on the ice. So you know he's had uh, he hasn't played much this year, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what he can do moving forward. Yeah, I really like um, New Jersey's future. Uh, you know they have a good goaltender, Mackenzie Blackwood, a young goaltender, um, like you, the guys you mentioned. And then they have a, a good young defenseman, Ty Smith, too, who's doing really well this year. So um, I think they're set for a pretty good future, which is nice because they've been you know not so good for the last while, um, but. Uh, we should start seeing more of their guys develop in the next couple of years. Um, moving on to kind of a big milestone. Um, and I know this one hit kind of home for me uh, growing up watching this guy play so much, but Sidney Crosby played in his 1000th game, which is pretty crazy. Cause it's like, I remember watching him play in his first game. So yeah, what are your thoughts on seeing that? Uh, and any, uh, anything in particular? Yeah. Well, that was so surreal to see, uh, you know, I know you know this, Jay, but I actually had a childhood dog named after who's named Crosby, and um, you know it's crazy when we were growing up as as kids in the minor hockey system. You know, Crosby was everyone's idol. Um, he was incredible. So to see him play his thousandth game was was wild. It seems like time really flied flied by for him, and it was awesome to see you know Latang and Malkin there, who were really there from day one, and and congratulating him. He he he's just a class act. So. Congrats to Sid, and you know, from what I hear, the guy is just an animal in the off season too. So, who knows how many he's going to play a lot more years in the NHL, and who knows, maybe he'll get to that two thousand mark. I don't know if that's attainable or not, but you can tell he'll try and go for it. Yeah, um, 
And I saw a thing this week too that McDavid scored his 500th point. Is that right? Or was it his 500th game? Anyways, they both took the same amount of games to get 500 points. I think is what it was. Um, That's wild. I didn't know that, but uh, I, I I bet it's 500 points. You know, he he gets basically two a game, so that doesn't surprise me at all. And um, yeah, he's only 24. That's wild. Most 24-year-olds are just starting to break in and carve a role in the league. So <laughs> knowing he's already halfway to 1,000 points is wild. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see how McDavid continues to keep pace with Sid uh, or maybe even pass him. I-, I have a feeling he might pass him, you know, with the pace he's going at right now. It's pretty crazy. No, absolutely. And then um, bringing back one segment that uh, got some great reviews is is our Fantasy Corner. So... Who's sticking out to you? Uh, I, th- I know we both picked out one stud and one dud. Uh, who do you got that's really been helping you in fantasy right now? Yeah, so uh, my stud of the week, I don't have him in any fantasy, but I wish I did, um, is Vincent Trocek uh, with Carolina. This guy's had a couple tough years. He was with Florida for a bit, um, you know, playing in a lesser role there, and then got traded to Carolina again with a lot of good forwards. So trying to find his way there, and, and I think he's done that this year. Um, he's scoring a ton. Uh, his line's getting a ton of points. Uh, and then he also hits on top of that. So if you're in a fantasy, you know, where there's hitting, um, that's a, just a good benefit and plus there. Uh, how about you? Who's your stud of the week? Yeah, it's, it, I got him on my team. It's, uh, you know, not to hype up my team too much, but it's Cam Atkinson. He's uh, playing with the two newcomers actually right now, Ross Levick and Line, and they seem to be clicking. I think he's got like something like six points in his last four games. He had a super slow start. I was about to kick him to waivers. Thank God he really turned it on. And, and so I got to give him a little shout out uh, for helping my fantasy team. Moving on, who's uh, who's a dud that you have uh, from the past week? Yeah, this one, uh, he was ranked real high before the fantasy season started. Um, but Zibanejad from the Rangers, you yeah. know. I think I think he went like first or second round in some of my leagues, and he has not done anything so far. And I, in all fairness, the Rangers haven't done a ton. Um, they've had a really tough year and a lot of news and strange news. Even today, actually, the the news about Panarin came out where the yeah. Russian government is saying that he did some stuff, or maybe I don't I don't know. I don't want to comment on it because I don't really know what happened. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the Rangers this year. Uh, sad to see because they have so many good young pieces and, and good forwards there but yeah Zibanejad not what anyone was expecting this year no for sure yeah the Rangers are in, <laughs> the Rangers are in a weird spot right now that Panera news was wild uh I didn't think it was real when I saw it on Twitter this morning but uh yeah it seems like he's taken a leave of absence Zibanejad hasn't really been playing well and you know Lafreniere has had a, a very slow start just a weird year in general for them um but yeah to to go off of that I'll give you my dud for fantasy this past week. It's uh hurts me to say it, but Willie Nylander, um, you know, Matthews and Marner line, uh, playing with Jumbo Joe, they've they've really commanded a lot of the offense there. Uh they really soak up a lot of the power play minutes too, and, and Willie hasn't had that great of um, you know, the last couple weeks really. I saw a stat actually that he logged the least amount of ice time last game, um, since his rookie year. So doesn't seem like Sheldon Keefe's uh, really letting the leash off him right now. And and with Matthews and Marner playing so well and, and really carrying that offense, it's uh, it's unfortunate to have him on your fantasy rosters right now. Yeah, it's tough too because, you know, the Leafs are doing so well, right? They're they're in first place. They've only lost 
three games, I think, and and they're really clicking with that top line of Matthews, Marner, and, and Thornton. But, you know, they're doing all that without the secondary support of Tavares and Nylander, which is crazy to think that, you know, if they did have that support, what kind of team they could be. Um, and it does make me a bit nervous, you know, come playoff time. You go up against a good team that can kind of shut down your top line. You know, is it is the second line going to be good enough they should be good enough they have enough skill to but are they going to be uh playing well enough to you know help win you games so um that could be one downfall for the Leafs this year but nothing to panic about I don't think because they're like 15 3 and 2 so yeah no for sure it's tough um yeah the the Leafs look great and you really never know which line's going to go off from game to game so Willie's a guy who's tough right now, but uh, when your team's winning, that's really all that matters. So I I don't think he's too concerned. And neither is uh, neither is Keith in the locker room. So, all right, uh, I think it's probably a good time to introduce our guest. Uh, we're really excited to welcome our third guest of the show. Um, this guy grew up in our hometown of Uxbridge. Uh, he recently won a Calder Cup with the Marlies uh, just a few years ago, and he's had quite the journey to the NHL. So please welcome Florida Panthers forward. Mason Marchman. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, how's everything going with you? Not bad. Just uh, living the dream down here in Florida. And just get a couple golf rounds in here and there. It's not, not bad. Yeah, nicer weather than we're having here. It's uh, it's been minus ten for the last week or so, and now it's oh minus yeah, minus, so that's fun. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, so how was the Super Bowl for you for you guys? We had Mitch Stevens on last week, and, uh, you know, in Tampa it was pretty crazy, but were the Dolphins fans not as happy where you guys are? Uh, honestly, I'm not too big into the football, but we had a game that night, and then, honestly, it was not much after because we had a game the next day. So um, I think everyone was voting for voting for Tom, though. Yeah, it's pretty hard not to cheer for that. Uh, seven Super Bowl rings is pretty amazing. Uh, anyways, we usually just walk through, you know, our guest's career uh, and get their perspective on things uh, and what it was like for them. So let's just start back at the beginning. Um, as we mentioned, you're from the small town of Uxbridge, Ontario. Uh, talk a little bit about your minor hockey experience there. Uh, um, and you kind of had an unusual route to get noticed by the OHL. Uh, I moved to Oxford when I was 10 and played double A with uh... – Pat McCarthy was the head coach there with Frank Blay and um, Brooke Walsh's dad. And we played there my first year and won the OMHAs that year. And then after that, it switched to, to single A, right? Back home, yes, single A. I played single A for basically all the way to major midget, uh, which was uh, the year after my draft year. Played two years there. Uh, went to Coburg for a year. Um, and then Erie for two, no, Erie for a year. Then I kind of bounced around. That year I was on like four different teams. So it was on Erie. Then I went to Hamilton, then Mississauga, and then finished with the the Marlies like at the end of their season there. So Yeah, for sure. You've played a, a bit of everywhere. And, you know, your dad played growing up, uh, watching him play in the NHL. What year was it for you looking back? Did you think like the NHL was a realistic option for you? Did you always have those dreams growing up or was this something that kind of came to fruition later on? No. Yeah. I honestly never really thought it could ever happen. I was just playing for fun. Um, the year that I, uh, I went to Coburg and I tried out there and 
I think I had like 16 points at Christmas and then I came back from Christmas break and I ended with like 55 or whatever at the end, like towards the end of the season. So I think after that year, kind of just um, all started coming together. Yeah. And you didn't, you didn't get drafted to the OHL after that year, right? You no. just signed with Erie. Yeah, no, I've never been drafted. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what was, what was that like to go through the process of signing as a free agent kind of to the OHL? To the OHL, honestly, it was, uh, I, I was thinking about going to school and uh, obviously, uh, I mean, my grades aren't too good. So I was persuaded to go to the OHL um, and I had a great time there and, you know, met some great people and we had a sick year that year. So um, I just got lucky there. So just went to camp and uh, they just kind of offered me a contract and a school deal. So if I not, had nothing after, I could just go to school in Canada and yeah, got lucky. Yeah. So you started in Erie. Was McDavid there when you were there for your one year and what was it like playing with him? Yeah, that was his last year and he's unbelievable. <laughs> That's all there is to say. I mean, you see what he's doing right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So you had some pretty good success in the O. You said he got traded a few times. Um, and then did you play as an overage in the O? Did you play all the way through? Yeah, I was like, I think... Yeah, I played all the way through. Uh, I think I only played one game with Erie my last the year, my overage year, and then they had to trade me because too many overages. Okay. Um, and then went to Hamilton, was pretty good, and then Missy was all right. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I have fun everywhere. It was a good experience. So bouncing around like that. Yeah, and then from uh, there, you signed in the ECHL. Is that? Correct with Orlando? Or? No, I signed uh, I signed a two-year AHL deal. Right. Um, so I basically, my first year, I stayed with the Marlies uh, for, I don't know, two months just working out and getting bigger. Obviously, you know, I had a big growth spurt there um, around 18, 19. So, um, yeah, well, no, let's talk about that growth, the growth spurt. So how much did you grow? Oh, the growth spurt, yeah. Well, my draft year, though, I was 5'4", I remember. And uh, and then the year after that, I was almost 5'10", almost 6 foot. So it was it was pretty quick. Um, and then now I'm 6'4", so it's it was... Uh, yeah, I remember growing I remember growing up with you, and we played basketball together, and you weren't yeah. that tall, and then no. all of a sudden you <laughs> never. shot up. So. Yeah, never. Yeah. And then, uh, so you played with the Marlies for a short stint got sent down to the ECHL. What were those conversations like? And, and how did you work your way back up to the Marlies? Like, what was that progress like? Uh, so like I said, I, I started working out. Uh, and then they they would just tell me, I'm you're going down for a week, you're going down for two weeks. So it wasn't like, like I had a place in Toronto. Uh, and I was like working out here and skating with the team every day, just not playing games, basically. And then they would send me down to play games. Uh, and then at the end of the season, they called me back up. And uh, I played like nine games or something like that. And then for the next season, just made it every camp and just played for the Marlies ever since. Yeah. And then you guys won, uh, you were on the Calder Cup team, right? So talk about yeah. that. Uh, how much fun was it? Oh, that was celebration. Awesome. I remember seeing some videos. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, the celebration was awesome. We had a, a good team that year. I mean, half our year in the NHL, but um no, it was it was awesome. Just the journey, like I mean, we had a pretty sweet team, so we we uh, 
swept, swept, swept the finals. And then we went to game seven in the finals, uh, lost game six at home, which was nerve wracking as hell. And then, yeah, the, I think we were up, yeah, we were up two nothing going to the second. And then we just like kind of ran, ran away with it. Oh, it was best day of my life for sure. I'd had, I had like Yule and my cousin Ben and Bill and Cobes all down. And yeah, it was awesome. JT. Yeah, it was a, quite a night. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then, so your coach at the time was Sheldon Keefe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so when he, when Babcock got fired and he got called up, uh, is that kind of the first time you had the inclination that you may get a shot to play in the NHL for the first time? Uh, no, not really. In the last couple of years, I've had, uh, I've had a lot of injuries. So well, three or four injuries. So kind of, you know, stops you from playing all the time and getting, uh, seen. So, I mean, but especially when he did get called up, um, uh, we had good, good, uh, chemistry and we've been together for like four years. So, um, he's definitely a good guy and, uh, no, but it was definitely sweet to play for him in the NHL too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you got called up to the Leafs for a few games, right? So talk a little bit about your, your experience of your first game, hometown team. Um, you know, you grew up here and then just talk a bit about that. Yeah. My first game was actually on the road, uh, in Winnipeg. Um, so that was sweet. I, I flew down my, my family for the game of, they flew down my family for the game, which was, which was awesome. Uh, Winnipeg's an unreal place to play that it's so loud in there. It's so like the stands are straight up. Right. So I, everyone's right on top of you. And I went out for a hot lap with, uh, Adam Brooks, uh, who's my line mate most of the time in the Marlies. Uh, and that's his hometown. So yeah, it was pretty sweet. I was pretty nervous, honestly. It, it was, uh, 50 50 leaf jets fan in there so it was pretty loud <laughs> yeah and did your dad have any you know tips for you before that game or anything no just kind of work hard have fun kind of thing you know you only that only happens once right so i'll definitely never forget it yeah yeah you played junior uh with travis dermott and he was obviously on the leafs when you got called up uh did he kind of take you under his wing and provide some advice for your first couple games or yeah i i live with derms uh for for three years there at the start of our uh, pro career. So, um, no, just, just kind of the same thing. I mean, you just got to do what gets you there. Right. So, um, yeah. And then you didn't play too many games before you actually got traded, uh, to Florida Panthers. So talk a bit about that. Were you disappointed to get traded away or was it nice it's kind of new opportunity and stuff like that? Uh, and what's Florida like? Yeah. Yeah. It was unexpected for sure. But, uh, no, I'm definitely, definitely grateful for the opportunity. I feel, uh, I mean, Florida's first right now, so um, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's definitely been a good experience here. They got a really good team here, a lot of good guys. So uh, I'm look, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good start for me. Yeah, what's it been like in this COVID season? Obviously, the AHL looks a lot different. Um, you know, are you practicing with the Panthers most days and, and going to the games? I know you're in and out of the lineup right now. Or what is like, your day-to-day down there look like? Yeah, it's just practice, practice, workout, repeat until <laughs> <laughs> you get in, right? So yeah. it's uh, just uh, the day, same day every day, just grinding. Yeah. And are it's you good. healthy right now or do you have any injuries? Oh, yeah, no, I'm ready to go. got to show the, the double collarbone. I uh, broke my collarbone, rebroke it, so it was a good battle there. 
Yeah, a couple uh, non-hockey questions. Um, everyone calls you Mush. Uh, how did that start? Is there a backstory there? Uh, I think it's my my papa, his nickname, that everyone called my dad that. I think just people just started calling me. And honestly, I respond to Mush probably more than any other name. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so when someone calls me Marchie, I'm like, <laughs> who's that? Who's calling me Marchie? Yeah, no, it's weird. That's funny. For sure. What, uh, how do you spend a lot of your off time in the off season? I know you are an avid golfer. What's the best round you've ever shot? And uh, are you getting a lot of rounds in down south? Uh, I think I played maybe eight times down here. Uh, I went to a uh, cool thing. I went to Jordan's course down here. It's like in uh, Jupiter. Michael Jordan? So sick. Yeah, is a uh, Groove XX or XXLL or whatever. It's, uh, it's pretty That's sick. Unreal. And uh, my best round this summer was this summer. I shot, uh, I shot even like four times. I caught what I couldn't get one under. My, uh, I was, I was dash two going into eighteen in the club championships, and I doubled. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I doubled eighteen. So, can't, I'll get it this summer though. Is there anyone down in Florida that you go golfing with on the team? Or? Uh, yeah, there's just a couple guys. I, honestly, I was going out with. Uh, it a lot at the, the start of the season before we started so it's kind of slowed now we're pretty busy so not much time to go yeah what are the rules like can you go out much uh down there or is it pretty just locked in your apartment yeah yeah it's pretty just locked down just kind of go to the grocery store stay off and go golfing but pretty locked down other than that how about uh any video games are you a big video game guy or no uh, I dabble in Fortnite here and there and a little bit of FIFA, but I like to play cards, so mostly on the road, play cards. Nice, nice. And then uh, how about cooking? Are you good at making homemade meals? or? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I got that uh, good food with uh, my girlfriend right now, and she's pretty dialed in on it, though, so I just kind of stay out of her way. <laughs> I'm not a bad cook, though. It's a good I can situation. get it done if I have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right well i know you don't have a ton of time so uh we'll let you go but uh thanks so much uh, for coming on it was great to uh, get to talk and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day yeah no problem yeah yeah thanks a ton and uh best of luck down there it's been awesome it was awesome watching you uh you know make it last year and play for the leaves so well, we've been following you for sure all of Oxbridge has so yeah keep it going man thanks boys yeah, hopefully down the road uh, we can have you back on. But, yeah, good luck in the future. Yeah, of course. I'll be a repeat. Okay, see you, boys. Yeah, Matt, that was a great chance to talk with uh, Mush and you know hear about his journey. Um, what, what are your thoughts after that? Yeah, no, it was great talking with Mason and uh, and hearing about his story. He, uh, he had quite the rise, you know, as he mentioned in the interview. The NHL wasn't really on his radar until a lot later in his career, and I think a lot of players can resonate with the the late growth spurt. You know that can really hinder your minor hockey careers if you're just a lot smaller than everyone out there. And you know he was, and he he was a late grower. He said I think you know around 18 or 19 he hit that spurt, and that's kind of when he really grew into his own body and and started rising up the ranks until you know getting to the NHL. 
Yeah. It, it just goes to show, you know, I think we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but everyone's journey is just so different, right, um, in getting to the NHL. And so many people have the same dream of playing in the NHL. Um, it, it's cool to see, you know, a story of a guy that was was underrated for a lot of his uh, career and his minor hockey and, and finally got a chance to show what he could do. And, and he took full advantage of it, I think. And, you know, now he's, he's you know, right on the cusp of breaking into the NHL as a full-timer and, uh exciting to see yeah and it's uh it was awesome to hear you know a bit about his his career in junior and and the ohl and you don't realize it a lot with these players as as they get moved around a lot you play in a lot of different you know cities and for a lot of different teams that i really every stage of your career if you want to make it and it was cool to see all the sacrifices he went through to get to where he is and um you know i know a lot of our past guests have alluded to that as well that uh the game of hockey is really it's an unknown where you may be playing the next game so you just kind of have to have that mentality where you're going to play and and you know give it your all and on whatever team you're playing and I think that's the mindset uh, Mush has really had throughout his career yeah it's a good lesson for you know the young kids and that's what we're here for as a podcast we're just here to teach the youth of the next generation <laughs> yep um, guide, guide them to the league yeah exactly um, yeah, so that's probably good for this episode. Um, a little bit shorter this week, but uh, a lot of good stuff. Um, again, go follow us on Instagram, uh, standing room only underscore pod. Um, we're doing giveaways there and we, we want to connect with you there and build up our, uh, our, our group of followers. Um, any other kind of comments or anything, Matt? No, I think you hit it on the head, Jay. Thanks again to everyone who's followed and supported us. It's been awesome you know over the last few weeks so make sure to follow us on instagram we'll be doing a lot more giveaways like we are now and yeah everyone have a good week stay safe and we'll see you next week